0: Happy birthday, Ultimate Podcast Network family. Celebrating eight years in 2021 are bringing you the listener free broadcasts on topics that are family friendly. There are podcasts on homeschooling, kids, family life, and success over struggles. There are podcasts on rekindling your romance, household management, organization, health issues, techie skills, and Podcasts on every academic subject that will help you in your journey. And there's more. I want to give a shout out to the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network podcasters. They work hours and hours to bring you these broadcasts for free. And how can you thank them? Well, it's easy. One, subscribe to their channel. You can do this on any podcast app. Two, give this podcast a star rating on your favorite podcast app as well as comment on the website. Three, share this episode and the network with a friend. And thank you, our listeners. You've kept us on the air for many years and millions of downloads. Also, I invite you to sign up for our e-zine that comes out weekly with freebies each month for subscribers only, as well as a list of all the podcasts you won't want to miss. You can find this podcast as well as others on the ultimate, and happy birthday enjoy this upcoming presentation and god bless Welcome to Life Skills 101, Skills for a Digital Age, sponsored by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network and True North Homeschool Academy. True North offers live online classes, clubs, ebooks, and more. From special needs to parent classes, True North builds a community through digital format in an age of loneliness and desolation. Our host, Lisa Nearing, is a homeschooler with five kids who has homeschooled with her husband, Dr. David Nearing, for 27 years. They are committed to equipping fellow homeschoolers and Christians with the tools they need to navigate a complex world in need of a Savior. Now, without further ado, Lisa Neary.
1: Hey, everybody. It is Lisa from Turner Homeschool Academy, and I am back once again with Life Skills 101, Life Skills for Digital Age. And today I'm really excited to introduce you to my friend, Mary Chase. And Mary and I are old homeschool buddies way back when we were young, right? Yes. <laughs> I'm glad you're here, Mary. Thanks for joining yeah, me today. Thanks
2: for having me.
1: I'm glad you're here. We were in a prayer meeting last week and you mentioned Nehemiah and how um, Nehemiah had a trowel in one hand and a sword in another. And it really just hit me that that is really like the homeschool life <laughs> in so many ways. <laughs> And I think as homeschool moms, we, we start homeschooling with this idea it's going to be about education or keeping our kids socially directed or, or safe from something. Yeah. And in, and in many ways, we end up building a wall and fighting wolves. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't want to go too deep into that analogy, but. Yeah. Um, what do, you, what do you think? Has that been your experience? You've graduated everybody at this point, and you're kind of like yes. you're you're helping raise some little ones at this point, some little grandkids. And, Grandchildren, uh, yes. Um, fun. And I've
2: had the privilege of tutoring other people's kids through high
3: school, public yeah. school kids.
1: Does that speak true to you too? That as we homeschool, we're really building a wall. We're really we're really creating a sense of security for our families and and other people too. I mean, you've been. You've been really working with other people in education, probably your whole adult life with teaching and homeschooling and tutoring. Um, And also, there's it it seems like it's not sometimes as easy as it should be. Oh, absolutely.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's never as glamorous as we think it's going to be. And one of my favorite sayings is not a scripture verse, but it's life. Is what happens when you're making plans. Uh, so I think I think the ideal is very different than the reality of once you get started, you realize uh-huh. how impossible it is. And I I would say that is because it, as Christian homeschoolers, anyway, what our desired outcome is is for these little people to fear God and know Him and love Him, and that is nothing less than. A resurrection from the dead, because mm-hmm. what we're told in the scripture is that we are born into sin. So each person is conceived in sin, born with a sin nature, and thus the battle begins. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I don't think we think about that when we're when we're thinking of math curriculum for our toddlers. Maybe
2: <laughs> oh no, we think everybody's going to cooperate and be excited about what we've chosen.
1: <laughs> I only pick math for a certain reason. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, how
2: did you? you...
1: Oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: Oh, even the uh, choice of curriculum. I remember I landed on a phonics curriculum that worked with my oldest and then I tried to use it with my second and he was resistant, but I used it anyway and he learned to read. Um, at an early age, so okay, two down, one to go. At the time, I just had three little boys, and the third one came along, and it was just not going to work. And I thought, "What is wrong with you, the child?" That <laughs> <I laughs> was one of my first lessons in oh, customizing. That's one of the the beautiful things about homeschooling. And so, yeah. you know, even you had mentioned the Book of Nehemiah, so I took the opportunity to go back and reread it over the weekend. Um, and you can see how each different family has a different portion of the wall to rebuild mm-hmm. that's right in front of their home. Yeah. So that's I think encouraging for us. We just, it is.
1: Yeah. We're not we're not just doing a Ford assembly line, make a wall, homeschool a kid. We're doing the portion in front of our house that's personal to us. Absolutely. Yeah, which is so different than than government school and lockstep education, where it's one size fits all and your kid really needs to fit into it. Right. Um, That is really where we get a lot of our crisis calls in January, where parents have tried so hard to make it work and their kids Mm -hmm. just can't do it or they can't do it. And they need something more personalized.
2: Right. Right. And that's the freedom we have and the opportunity we have. So as difficult as it is, it's very rewarding. It's worth every ounce of energy put into that little portion of the wall right in our house. right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> our little phonics brick. So how yeah. did you, how did you go about finding that, that other phonics program then? How did you figure out what your third kiddo needed? And that it when you've got so many subjects and so many kids and dinner and yeah. a husband and trying to go on a walk or read a book, how do you
2: exactly do it all? Yeah. Well, that's about the time that, I had years earlier heard a Focus on the Family broadcast with Fern Nichols talking about Moms in Prayer, and I, I thought, oh, that tugs at my heart. I probably should be praying for my kids. But then I thought, well, I'm homeschooling them, so I'm doing everything within my power to give them the truth and help them get ahead academically mm-hmm. and be you know, emotionally well-adjusted and all those things. So I thought, okay, I, th- I think I'm good. Well, my third little guy, I tease him, that he's the one that put me on my knees. <laughs> in
3: Always one, <prayer>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: And so, you know, he looked at the two older. Well, they seem to be doing what they're supposed to. So let's see. How can I blaze a new trail? <laughs> so that was, uh, we were out in New Jersey at the time, and there was a bulletin insert inviting Ladies to join a mom's in prayer group. And I was humbled that year. I just knew I am not going to be able to do this in my own strength. And so I got into that prayer group that was over 25 years ago. And I think that was the game changer for me. And to circle that back around to Nehemiah, he was a man of prayer. I think that's one thing I love about this whole story of Nehemiah is mm-hmm. from beginning to end. He was a man of prayer. So I highly recommend moms in prayer for Mm -hmm. homeschool moms. And they're probably going to be the ones that say, I can't afford an hour a week. And I would say, you can't afford not to." to really focus on the character of God and pray with one or two other moms. And they don't have to be homeschool moms. It can be a mom with kids in the public school. That was the group I started in.
0: Mm -hmm. And
2: it just is life-changing. It was Mm -hmm. very humbling to see that God began to change me before he changed my husband or my kids.
3: Uh
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's usually how the prayer thing goes. Darn it.
3: (laughs) Right? Right.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, That is so awesome. I love how um, Mom's in Touch. I'll put the link in the show notes because it's such a great ministry. And just to really know you've got a prayer partner and, you don't have to be, you don't have to drive anywhere. You can do it online. You can do it on your phone. And sure. it really can change your week. Just to know that you've got a support person out there. You're not building a wall alone. You're, you're shoulder to shoulder with another mom who totally gets what it's like to be blazing a trailer in the blazing sun or both, you yes. know? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Such good stuff.
3: Yep.
1: And I
2: love the power. The Holy Spirit really is the power that changes our hearts and that can change our kids' hearts. And to see yeah. how God moves mountains for our kids. And you asked me about the phonics choice. There were so many choices over all those years of homeschooling because we then added two girls to our family. We call our kids our pre-seminary <laughs> family and our post-seminary family. <laughs> so so we ended up with five. and. God just provided in miraculous ways on a pastor's salary Mm. and choosing to make that a priority. And then he always led us with curriculum and bringing people into our lives, into our kids' lives. So that prayer
1: each week, like Mm. I said, that was a game changer for me. Mm. I love it. I love it. I love how you mentioned that Nehemiah was a man of prayer because he went to the king of Persia with a very odd request. He was in Persia. He wasn't in his homeland. He wasn't where he had this desire to go. And um, from what I've read, King ah- ah- Ahazaras is the same king as King Artaxerxes. These are not names of the king, but titles. I just learned that right before we talked. And I'm um, yeah. probably mispronouncing it. Ar- Artaxerxes is great king, where Ahasuerus is venerable, but father. Um, both beautiful titles, but this was a man who was the most probably, um, influential and feared man in the, in the world at that point, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it, he was the leader of, of the thing. Nehemiah goes to him and says, I want to go, I want to go back to my conquered land. Right. Um, which took a lot of guts and a lot of courage. And I think that's one thing as we pray, um, whether it's with moms in touch or with another homeschool mom or with our families, we might be led by the Lord to do something that's really terrifying that might require us to put our, our life on the line. Like Nehemiah's life was on the line when he went to make this crazy request. Like my country's conquered. Can I go build the wall? (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I think there's some other key principles to pull out of that first chapter too, Lisa that speak to me and where we're at in our time.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Nehemiah, okay, he says in verse three, they said to me, the remnant there in the province who had survived the exile is in great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates are destroyed by fire. Is that not a timely word for Mm. what we've lived through in the last two years and what's going on in our country? The walls are broken down, some Mm -hmm. even destroyed by fire. But there's always a remnant. God always has a remnant. And if we look to him, he will come through for us. In what ways, we don't know exactly. But Nehemiah then wept and mourned for days. And so when he's before the king as a cupbearer, he's there to do his job. And it's the king who noticed him. So he's not supposed to be sad in the presence of the king. But that shows me what somebody said to me when my husband was in seminary and we were preparing to leave and go serve a church. They said, one thing to remember, Mary, is do weakness well.
3: Mm. And I thought,
2: what in the world does that mean?
3: (laughs) That doesn't sound like
2: a lot of fun. But I think to have the freedom to have our heart broken over what we see. And to share that with our friends and our family, but to bring it back to the Lord in prayer. So when Mm -hmm. the king noticed Nehemiah was downcast and said, what do you, what is this about and what do you need? He was honest. Yeah. That does us well to also to be honest with each other, be vulnerable, be willing to, in a conversation like you and I have done, just Mm -hmm. throw it up in prayer. We might be talking about something that's really hurting and we can even just say, "Lord, hear our prayer."
3: Right. God
2: can turn it into prayer. So, if mm-hmm. we're hearing somebody else's heartache, just to even pause right there at the side of the soccer field and say, "Can I pray for you?" Right, it really starts to rebuild. We feel that we're not so alone. We remember right. that God has resources beyond what we could ever dream.
1: Right. I one of the things you said to me um, that is that just really touched my heart was. Um, one of the times when I was doing weakness very well, and I called you, I, I said, it's Mary, Mary nine one one. You said you're not going through anything that is so unique. Other people have gone through this, and it just it just was so healing to hear that like we're not the only people struggling as we build a wall or homeschool that we are in a place with other people who are who are struggling, who are hurting, who are getting attacked, who fail, who have got, have. Gossip come against us, and and all sorts of things, and that, or medical issues or whatever. And so, just knowing that we're not alone, you're just saying that was just like, oh, it was just such a breath of, um, it was just very healing and life-giving. Like,
3: oh,
2: just take a
1: breath, you know, like it's uh-huh. and it's seasonal. Life is so seasonal, right?
2: Yes, and every family has their heartaches. You know, yeah. there were some words that came on the scene you know, back when we were young, this whole idea of functional families and dysfunctional families. Well, I mm-hmm. would say every family is dysfunctional. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> to some degree or another. And the thought came to me last week. I said to somebody, well, think about every home. There's a washing machine and there's hopefully, Lord willing, a toilet.
1: Yeah. Which tells
2: you a lot about every family. We've right. all got a dirty laundry. And the rest.
1: Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and just thinking of Nehemiah's life, so seasonal, he is the cupbearer to the king, which meant he had the king's ear. He was standing in the king's throne room at all times. He was the right hand man. And yet he takes this very dangerous journey yes. back to the middle of nowhere to rebuild a wall where there were people who were. Really trying to tear him down, Stan Ballot and all sorts of other people who were just there ready to make sure he failed. Right. And yet he was, he was strong in his conviction of what God had called him to do. Absolutely. And, um, really encouraging to read his story because I think as homeschool moms, sometimes we know that we're, we are, we are the gatekeepers of our kids' education as parents. or We should be. I mean, to be an intentional parent is to really think about how we want our kids to get educated, what kind of medical things we want to have in our kids' lives, et cetera, et cetera. And um, it's not always easy when we take a be- an off-the-beaten-path type of uh, opportunity like homeschooling. <laughs> we might feel like we're riding into the wilderness. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> yes. I used to say I felt like I was on a little raft and I had pushed off ashore. shore. I was out in the ocean somewhere trying to yeah. figure out what direction we were going. Yeah. So, yeah. And you shared your story. I appreciate your vulnerability about how you were feeling that day and that we're not alone. I think that's one of Satan's greatest tactics is to tell us that we are and something yeah. with us. And we're not. It says in the scripture, our brothers and sisters around the world are undergoing similar sufferings. Mm -hmm. And it says in one of the letters to the Corinthians, I don't remember the reference off the top of my head, but it says that no temptation has overtaken you, but such that is common to man. And God is faithful, he doesn't give the temptation, he's not tempting us, but it says with the temptation, when the temptation comes from the enemy, then God who is faithful will give us a way out.
1: Mm, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not, we don't have to figure it all out. And I I, I think that's the same thing with homeschooling. Sometimes when we get started, we're like, we've got to figure it all out. Like, what are they going to do for high school? How are they going to get into college? Are they going to find somebody to marry who's not, you know, an oddball? All the things. And really what we need to do is just put the next brick on the wall and build that piece of it. And it just takes a lot of pressure off to think we can just build one piece at a time. Um, Right. I, we should take the long view, of course, you know, that's also scripture, but um, just not feeling so overwhelmed by, by everything at once. Um, as right. moms. It's helpful.
3: Mm-hmm. The other part
1: of Nehemiah, I really like, we were talking about this a little bit ago, too, is that not only did he have a trial and they were, they were building the wall back up for safety and security, but they also were standing there with spears um, because it was a city without defense. Um, Have you ever felt that way as a homeschool mom? You needed to have like something to defend what your choices or what you were doing at hand.
2: Yeah, I, I will be vulnerable with you, Lisa. I used to get defensive and take things personally. And that's something I had to let go of. And Mm -hmm. I still struggle with it, but it's not quite as much of a character flaw as it used to
3: be. Mm. So
2: I have learned to let God fight my battles more, and instead of reacting and trying to defend every comment, to just really not only give it to the Lord in the moment, but then it may take days, weeks, months, sometimes even years to continue to give that hurt, that Mm -hmm. sense of injustice to the Lord and let him be my defender And my mother-in-law has a, a great moment. You know, of course, I didn't hear this for decades, but she would probably laugh with me and agree with me now that she, the moment she stopped being critical of our choice to homeschool was when they came to visit and she came into the laundry room for some reason or another. And there she saw our oldest son's ham radio that he had saved his money to purchase. She asked him about it he started telling her all his stories that he was talking to people from around the world. She thought, what on earth? I've never heard of such a thing. Oh yeah, grandma. And he had read about Samuel Morris and the development of Morse code and all these different forms of communication. And she thought to herself in that moment, she didn't say anything at the time, but she told me years later, she thought, okay, these kids are not isolated. They're not only becoming well-adjusted they have plenty of social contact I don't have to worry about that but even academically she said okay blew me away and and he was do why was he so motivated to do it because it was something he was interested in it wasn't forced on him through a curriculum right so she she was one that had been a little leery a little not sure you know sometimes she'd bite her tongue and not be so forward with criticisms but You all know, the homeschoolers, the criticisms that can come. And I think even more so in the day and age now. Mm -hmm. um, I I don't know, since I'm not homeschooling anymore, but I just know I faced a lot. And God, God was my defender. So, yeah, definitely that spear. Although the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, they're divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. And we're destroying strongholds. And speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. So, yes, we have to defend our kids. But again, I would go back to the spiritual weapons that God gives us, the word and prayer and love. And then I don't mind in our state having people who conceal carry in the restaurant. (laughs) there comes a time and a place for that kind of protection too Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah I think I think choosing to homeschool our kids is a form of protection because we can teach them to discern there was a phrase that we learned years ago learn to discern so not just protect them from everything that's not even possible in this digital age but to give them the skills and the way of thinking, asking questions, problem solving, learning to discern with the Word of God as our light, our lamp,
3: mm-hmm. that
2: is powerful, and then they can go into new situations, and I'm so proud of my kids they're they're all thinkers, they think mm-hmm. for themselves, yeah. Yeah, that's a it's a great opportunity that we have as homeschoolers to give our kids those all those little conversations, whether you're mm-hmm. in the car, whether you're making dinner, you're folding laundry, whatever you're doing to be talking about what's going on in the world.
1: Mm-hmm. I love it. I was neighbors with Samuel Morris's great grandson in Dayton, Ohio. Really? <laughs> I'm not kidding. There was a picture of him on the wall. Isn't that so
3: cool? Oh, that's uh-huh. Cool.
1: Yeah, small world moment yeah. there. I wanted to ask you, um, as we're kind of wrapping up, how do you feel is the best way to really train up our kids with that ability to discern from a godly perspective? Because I think sometimes we feel like if we just read the Bible and we talk about the news, We've got it covered. And yet, really, every, you know, you hear this, um, you hear this adage in the homeschool world, like, you know, moms, it's up to you. I just read a meme last week. Moms, it's up to you. Your kids are watching all the time. So be godly. Do the Proverbs 31. Don't get it wrong. And your kids are going to grow up and be mighty men and women. And I'm like, well, I mean, (laughs) maybe. (laughs) yeah they have to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling too but right what what are you what from your years of experience now and you're on a second generation watching grandkids grow up what is really what do you see as like important um you know things to do or curriculum that just really lay a good foundation
2: uh-huh wow that that could be a whole other uh yeah,
1: we so <laughs> that was a load of questions.
3: Hey, by the <laughs> That's
2: way. Okay. That's okay. I'll I'll just, I'll pick one. And then we certainly could talk again and get into more particulars because I have come across some really good resources. But I'll just highlight one. And it was introduced to me when we did live out east and I got to go down to Philadelphia to a conference put on by the Christian Counseling and Education Foundation. And at the time an author that might be familiar to people. I don't know what people are reading these days, but uh, this gentleman is Ted Tripp with two P's, T-R-I-P-P, Shepherding a Child's Heart. And he gave a lecture and he hadn't even, he he was preparing his manuscript to send it to the publisher. So it wasn't in print yet, but I tell you, when that book came out in print, my Mom's and prayer leader who had her kids in the public school, and I was homeschooling mine. We bought a case and we handed out those books to our friends like candy. Wow, <laughs> yeah.
1: I it, I had that book before our house fire. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh,
2: so good. So that's what I would say. Be sensitive to what's going on in your child's heart, and sometimes kids are more honest than we're ready for or more honest than we often make time for. Mm-hmm. And then those those opportunities can be fleeting if we're so focused on behavior mm-hmm. and speech, clean up your speech, clean up the outside. It's like we, we want to polish a rotten apple and that mm-hmm. is not good. Mm-hmm. So I think being able to talk about heart issues and feelings and real questions and not feel we have to have all the answers in that moment. Uh, One author, I remember her point was, don't be afraid to let a question live.
3: Mm, That's good.
2: Yep. To even say, you know, that is a really good question. Let's pray. and Let's watch how God teaches us. What might he want to say to us? Mm. about that issue Mm -hmm. because that isn't that how life goes we don't solve our problems in a half hour sitcom like we used to watch on tv right
1: i know darn it
2: (laughs) (laughs) right yeah we want it neat and tidy and it it doesn't happen that way
1: right and sometimes our kids are mullers like i've had some really quick responders and some like okay two days later they might come back and go Okay, yeah, I've thought about that a little bit. And then I have some kids who don't, they, they're mullers, but they don't come back. So then you have to kind of like, hey, have you thought about that? So I think just right. knowing our kids, too, like, are you a quick responder? Is it off the cuff? Have you really even considered it? Or are you mulling it into the ground? You know, there's the personality <laughs> thing.
3: <laughs> yeah, right.
1: Yeah, I love that, though. Don't be afraid to let a question live. Yes. That is so excellent. Another I,
2: example is to do word studies. And then look up those words. The 1828 Webster's Dictionary has actually some Christian types of definitions. I mean, the language comes from the scriptures. And then to look up keywords in that definition and then look up scriptures. Mm. And that takes a little more time. But I remember when you said Mullers, I thought of this one moment that was hilarious. Uh, One of my boys, we had been doing a word study and he was you know, unbeknownst to me, pondering this over several days. I mean, I was expecting that to happen, but I what I didn't expect is when the light bulb went on, that the word of God illuminates our thinking, he was swooshing out a toilet. I mean, we all had our chores and that he was doing his chores, yeah. he was cleaning the bathroom and he yelled out from the bathroom, mom, I get it and uh-huh. he came out with this revelation that he it was like mining the scriptures mm-hmm.
3: for truth and mm-hmm. it
2: just kind of all the dots were connected in that moment for him and it it was exciting i was like yeah. okay all right then
1: <laughs> that and and as a teacher of any of any caliber that is what we live for like yeah, you got it. Yes. Making, connecting the dots. I love how yes. word studies, keywords, and then looking up scriptures. That is really a great way to really mine and get into scripture. I mean, I, we love definitions in our house. So we have a lot of dictionaries, but, um, my husband asked for dic- another dictionary for his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> really? Seriously?
2: <laughs> yeah. crowd here. Nerd alert.
1: Nerd alert. Yeah. Absolutely. Hashtag. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so, so by the way,
2: that's another. Instead of a physical spear, that is a a weapon we give our kids because with this slow march of totalitarianism towards not only our homes but our bodies, um, words are changing. That is one of the tools of the enemy. He twists words and twists definitions. So I won't get into any specific issues right now, but watch for mm-hmm. those and say, wait yeah. a minute. When we're in a conversation and all of a sudden it's becoming hostile so quickly, and this is a person in our family or this is a neighbor or, you know, somebody we've been in Bible study with for decades and we're trying to figure out what's going on, we have to step back and say, well, what do you mean by that word? Mm Because sometimes we are not really listening. Meanings have changed. And so we can be just completely missing each other and all of a sudden it gets emotional And we're not working towards greater understanding and Mm -hmm. peace. We're just at odds and all of a sudden not speaking to each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is a great point, an excellent point. Yeah. Okay. So TED Trip, um, and word studies, those are great, great ideas.
2: Prayer, like I said. Mm -hmm. Oh, the, I could give you the, the diagram they gave from, they had a, Seminar they used to do called changing lives and how do people change and it's a great simple diagram of a fruit tree and a thorn bush and then What we mistakenly do with our kids is we try to teach them to act like Christians But Mm -hmm. we don't even know yet. Do they believe Mm
3: -hmm. so
2: as parents to do weakness? well also means own our own character flaws, Mm
3: -hmm. apologize
2: to our kids, and let them know we are not perfect. We're never going to be perfect in this life. We're going to have to ask for grace and forgiveness, and then have that be a well-worn path to the cross. Mm -hmm. That whole repentance thing should not be a theory. Mm
3: -hmm. It
2: should be something we practice in our homes and our families together, making Mm -hmm. amends. Mm -hmm. And Parents included. I think yeah. that's powerful because it shows them, oh, okay, mom yeah. and dad are work in progress. I guess I yeah. don't have to be perfect. And mm-hmm. we just, we do need a lot of grace, every single one of us. So if we Fine. can live that out, and and like I said, that well-worn path to the cross, and that's when transformation comes, and we have a change of heart where the Lord puts His Holy Spirit in us, and then He bears the fruit of the Spirit. It's Mm -hmm. kind of counterintuitive. It's more of a surrender and a Mm -hmm. relying on his salvation, what he's already done for us, not a self-effort thing. Try Mm -hmm. harder, have a new list every month of these, you know, five things we're going to try to do as a family. Well, you know, welcome to falling on your face Mm because we just we can't keep the law. But right. we each have a little legalist that rises up and then we start defending ourselves with each other. And then anger just causes more wedges and we go, okay, and this was going to be fun. When? Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we miss the most simple things, slowing down, really listening, hearing
3: hearts, letting yeah.
2: the Holy Spirit work and bring
3: mm-hmm. forgiveness.
2: Yeah which is a supernatural thing to forgive and be forgiven. It
1: is. And I do think that whole, this whole tool of just slowing down can really be a weapon in our toolbox of just a true defense against like miscommunication, misunderstanding, just slowing down and just like everybody's going to stop and breathe. Right. And remind each other we're on the same team and just, Right. just even slowing down your speech can really make a huge, huge difference in yeah. misunderstandings or whatever. So that is, yeah, that is really yeah. good. Yeah. yeah.
2: And we, we could have used more of that. It's been slow mm-hmm. in coming. We grew up in homes where we had experienced trauma as children and passed some of that along. So we've had to learn that, that that is the better way. Slow yeah. down, take a break. Uh, There's a reason I was a long distance runner for some of those years. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mom needs a timeout right now. I'm going,
3: going for a run. I'll be back.
1: (laughs) 20 miles later. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Mary, thanks. Thanks for joining me today. I'll put links um, in the show notes. You guys, she listed a lot of resources and, um, Yeah, any parting comments, any last words as we just say goodbye today?
3: Just
2: Yeah, just encouragement that the story's not over. Mm -hmm. God refers to us as a, a planting of oak trees, right? Right. And oak trees take a long time to grow. They do, yeah. So to be patient with ourselves, be patient with the Lord's work in each of us and with our kids. And you and I know that we're still praying for Mm -hmm. grandkids and, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody's got their own journey. The Lord gave me a comfort the other day. I was praying um, and I realized everybody has such a unique journey. What if one of my kids or what if one of my grandkids is like a Swiss pocket knife with Mm. a thousand and one pieces? you know but God is intricately putting each piece together and mm-hmm. so some of these stories maybe after our lifetime or yeah. maybe when we're when we have great grandchildren and then we see someone turn and embrace our savior Jesus we just we don't know God right. God works it out in his timing and in his way so
3: mm-hmm.
1: keep the faith keep the faith that's a great great ending word thanks mary Thank I love talking to yeah. okay, you. Okay, you guys check the show notes and thanks for joining us for another episode of um, Life Skills 101, Life Skills for Digital Age. Bye. We're so honored that you're listening and that you shared this podcast, Life Skills 101 with your friends and family. Every time you share the show and post about it, it really makes our day. Make sure you subscribe and download this podcast so that you never miss an episode. You can subscribe so that you get alerted to each and every show. Leave a review for this podcast, Life Skills 101, Life Skills for Digital Age. We're so honored that you're listening. Until next time, this is Lisa Nearing from True North Homeschool Academy. We'll talk to you soon.